dear chief, much has happened since we last spoke. Welcome to Dear Chief Podcast, where your hosts and their guests share the 411 of being married to the people who respond to 911s. Take a peek into fire family life and get unabashed advice on how to prevent forest fires in your marriage. Now, here's your hosts, two seasoned firewives, Audra and Chelsea. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dear Chiefs podcast. It's me, Audra. And Chelsea. <laughs> Hello. Good morning. Are you awake? And apparently I need more coffee. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so today, you guys, we're going to do a quick check-in. We've got some craziness happening um, around our state, as I'm sure everybody knows by now, because... I'm guessing your firefighter has been gone for more than a month uh, at this point. I mean, Chelsea and I are super lucky because our husbands are sort of around, although they haven't been around for the last couple of weeks, but (laughs) Chelsea's shaking her head. Um, So yeah, so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to do a little check-in, see how everybody's doing, how you're feeling. Uh, I've been a little stressed. The last couple of weeks well since august i guess honchos yeah like the middle of august like when uh-huh. all of us started blowing up yeah. yeah so it's been since what what started at the creek fire i thought it was the lightning fires in czu that started it oh yeah you're right you're right <clears throat> they're all kind of blending together at this point so it started with the lightning fires at the middle of in like August? the entire state yeah yeah <laughs> was that july i don't even know it started mm-hmm. a long time ago but yeah it started with the crazy lightning storm we had and then um from there it's pretty much been non-stop right yeah pretty much yeah. they're like jumping from one fire to the next and yeah and we've got I, mean, I know i've got one friend who's this is her son's first year with cal fire and he has been on when i talked to him on saturday he had been on for 51 days straight i had a fire wife post some pictures this morning with her husband mm-hmm. and said he's finally home after 82 days stop it 82 oh my gosh i don't miss cal fire days <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, I'm feeling sorry for myself after like two weeks. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. I was like, I don't know how 82 days would even look in my life right now. So, no. does she have little ones? Mm-hmm. She had. I think she, there was two kids in the picture. I can't remember. Oh my god! But she was like, so he's home for a little while, which I assume is like his four days off, mm-hmm. and then God knows when we'll see him again. Man, that's yeah. Cool. Let that one sink in for a minute. <laughs> Eighty-two days. I I mean, uh, Damien was never gone for that long on any fire that I can recall when he was working for Cal Fire. Um, I don't think anybody. I mean, I've not heard of anybody 
being on that long. Like, yeah, that's a lot of days. That's a lot of days. It's, yeah. I mean, 20 days is about my max for being able to handle it, you know? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I think 19 even. was my max before I lost it and he luckily came home. We went 23. 23 was our longest, and that I felt like that. <clears throat> so, yeah. That's crazy. So, how are the, I mean, how are the Cal Fire wives doing? Um, I think everybody's okay. I mean, some of us are used to it and in the groove and don't really think about it but then there's others that are like he's been gone 50 days straight and i'm at the end of my rope at this point um so there's a lot of a lot of mixed feelings going on um and i think a lot of people have been evacuated and um at least the firewives that i know because they all most of them live in sonoma so you know i mean that's just been one fire right after the next the last two months um, they can't catch a break. So, um, I think that's, that's been tough, but for the most part, things are, things are okay. I mean, we have a support group. People, people are talking. Yeah. Um, so do you want to talk about that, that you run? have we talked about how you run the Cal Fire page? Do you want people? Yeah, to I think so. Yeah. We talked about, we talked about it a little bit. Um, if you're a Cal Fire wife or significant other, there is a group on Facebook. Um, it's called Cal Fire Wives and Girlfriends. And you are welcome to join that. Um, there is an approval process that you have to go through. And I will not approve you if you do not answer every question that is asked. Um, so please make sure that if you are wanting to join that you check your inbox for those questions. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great place. There's a lot of chatter that goes on in there about yeah all kinds of things. It's a great resource if you have questions about, you know, how your kids are acting or how they're reacting to what's going on. Um, There's a lot of advice thrown around. You can, um, there's some people in there that work for employee services and they sometimes will chime in and give some good tips and tricks. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a great resource. I feel like we should have had it 30 years ago. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That would have been nice. I mean, we didn't have Facebook 30 years ago, but we would, yeah, uh, a I nice handout it. would have been helpful. Right. Right. Like how many times have we talked about that? Like somebody just give me a handbook. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be a good reference point, you know? Yep. Yep. So be nice. And there's, so yeah, I think I'm in a few Facebook groups on there. Like wife behind the fire is awesome with Val and, um, there's a few other ones. Some of them sometimes are really like, I forget that I'm in them because they're not very active. Um, there's national firewives, I think, and there's a NorCal firewives. Um, but the, your there's Cal Fire also, group is super Wildland active. firefighter's wife. There's Wildland mm-hmm. firewives, I think, or f- something. Right, I have, I'll have to look them. them. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and that one's really great because it has both. So if you're wildland, so if you're U.S. Forest Service, um, there's both Cal Fire and U.S. Forest Service in there. Um, so there's a lot of different, like, people are able to, like, kind of converse over that whole 
world. Um, and I, I, I'm not as active in it as I used to be, but it's a great resource for, for info um, and just a place to find people who actually understand what you're going through. So yeah. Um, so I'll put it in the show notes. It's like wildland fire SOS, maybe significant others and spouses. So what do you do? I think we talked about this maybe last episode. We talked about this a little bit. Um, How do you handle when they are out? Like there's this one type of fire wipe. They're out like on a fire or just gone? When 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 they're on a fire. Let's, let's do that. Like we, I think we maybe touched on this. There's the wife that is, we call her like the info um, overload, who is constantly watching the news, constantly updating, you know, groups or people and, you know, watching the scanner and listening to the radio traffic. And and then there's the wife who pretends like it's not happening. And then there's the (laughs) wife who just waits till they check in. Um, So which one are you? Um, I'm probably a good mix between not listening to the scanner, turning off the news and waiting for the, the husband to call me. Um, but there have been times when I've been like, okay, I just need to know where he's going because Cal fire tends to like jump them from one incident to the next. And so I, sometimes I'll check in and put them on, like bring up it. I think it's wildfire incidents now um you can see what's going on and it'll give you like engine assignments or whatever so i usually know where he's going before he knows (laughs) (laughs) but other than that like i don't read through threads i don't turn on scanners you know um i don't watch the news we have no cable in our house whatsoever and if something comes on the radio we turn the radio off because i don't want the kids exposed to it um they don't need they don't need to be freaking out because dad's on a fire um and i kind of learned my lesson after reading through threads of certain incidents that have happened previously that just really like rattled me mm-hmm. um and so yeah that's it i don't i guess no news is good news is what we we live by yeah i think a couple of years ago probably was the time when I stopped looking at the scanner and listening to stuff. I mean, I still listen, not even listen. I still look every once in a while, like, especially when um, there was a fire down by our oldest daughter's house um, last month. And I mean, we looked because we wanted to see how close it was to her house and it ended up being fine. Thank God the fire shifted over the ridge. She lives uh, down in Southern California. So it's, it ended up going the other direction. Um, but it got really close to our house, like a mile or two miles, pretty close to our house. So we were checking, we were checking, you know, everything we could to make sure she was okay. Cause we hadn't heard right. from her a couple of times. So we were waiting to see if she was going to be evacuated. Um, and, I think maybe with the Tubbs fire was the only time I was super almost psychotic, I think. 
uh, checking because I couldn't find Damien for many days. Yep. And then after that, I, I don't want to know anymore. I don't think. I just wait. No. No. Nope. That was our Tubbs fire was like my breaking point. I that, remember when they talk about the yet factor. That was my yet factor. Tubbs fire was it. I was like, mm, yep. No. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I met my match with the Tubbs fire um, just because of the way that it all played out. Like from the time Cameron left here to the time he returned. It was just, it just yeah. seemed like that it was never going to end. Um, yeah. And it just kept getting worse. I mean, it didn't get better. It just kept on getting worse. Yep. So, um, yeah. So yeah, that, that, that definitely did it for me. I was like, okay, no more scanners, no more, no more nothing. Like, yeah. Even though I really wasn't tuning into those anyway, it was like, I was like you frantic to find out if he had made it to work safe. Right. Like, Mm-hmm. when he left here it was I don't know I'm going to headquarters I don't know where I'm going to be assigned or what I'm going to be doing and then the power went out like several hours after that and we never found out if he actually made it to headquarters safely and he had to drive through four or five fire zones to get to where he was going and so for me it was like okay I haven't heard from him that's not a good thing like usually he'll say I'm here or I made it or this is where I am. Um, yeah. Three, three and a half days of that. No. Yep. And it was the pretty, pretty close to the same situation for me. I think with the Tubbs fire, it was, uh, Damien had gone into work. I thought he was just going to cover stations because they sent, uh, one strike team out IA in the middle of the night. And so he went into cover, cover shifts. And then in the morning he called and said, Oh, they're sending out the OES. And I was like, oh, crap. Okay. And I think it was like three days and I didn't hear from him. Almost three days. Um, I think I might have counted hours at that point. It was like 56 hours that I hadn't heard from him. And Uh I remember watching I wasn't even I was watching the news but I was actually watching my um find my phone yeah I was too if I could ping him because the first day I was like okay there's no way he's going to be able to call me today they sent them straight out um I think they met up with their strike team and they just got basically directions on the radio and just go here and and protect this winery or I don't remember the beginning, but um, there was, I mean, there was no base camp for like, I don't know, a week because it was so much chaos. And so we hadn't heard from him for the day. I pinged him on, I find my phone and uh, I think it worked. So I kind of had a, general idea of where he was and I remember taking screenshots of it thinking okay I I might need this later um because I you know let me jump to conclusions as fast as possible that there's a possibility that uh someone will need to know where they were last seen so I'm taking screenshots on my phone with the timestamp on it and I did that for a couple of days, still hadn't heard from him. And then his phone died 
And I remember like I kept hitting the refresh thinking, okay, it's, he's got to charge his phone eventually. And it was like, I, I don't want to, it was like time said still, like, you know, when you're, you're in that cloud of haze and you're just like, this can't really be happening. And then finally, I think on the third day, his, I don't know why his phone was not working. I can't remember if it was, well, the phone service was all messed up at that time. Mm-hmm. But, um, he the cell up- towers went down for when that's why we couldn't, get a hold of camera and like i couldn't even use the find my friends app because all the cell towers went down yeah that was it um his friend he ended up calling me from his friend's phone and i as like a you know crazy woman thought immediately that there was something wrong because somebody was you know calling me that was on his crew and mm -hmm. he just left a message saying he was fine and his phone wasn't working i was like oh okay and then i still didn't talk to him for a day after that I had a similar experience to that. It was, you know, looking at the, the find my friends app, not being able to locate him. And so I finally, like, there is an option on there that you can, you can check a box that says, look, uh, can't remember what it says. It says something like when they arrive or come into service, like you can ping it, it'll ping it automatically and send you an alert. Uh huh. And so after like 24 hours of trying to get this thing to refresh and figure out where he was, I was like, I have to put this down. Like I'm going to have a panic attack. I'm at this point, it's like almost manic behavior, right? You're just yeah. like sitting there pressing the button and pressing the button and pressing the button. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to send this out pre pre ping. When he comes into service, we'll, we'll find him. So it was 48 excruciating hours. Mm-hmm before it finally sent me alert that said he was in Angwin and I knew he was at a hell attack base. And I was like, so relieved after that, but it was like three days of absolute hell. Yeah. Not knowing if he was safe or, and I, I know that if something happened, like we'd get called, but in your mind, when you're going through that and you don't think of all of the things that you know, you just think of what's happening right now. And so, yeah, that was, that was tough. Yeah. I think that was a big, I mean, it was a huge incident, obviously, but I think it was a really pivotal point in our family. And I'm a lot of, probably a lot of fire families, I think, because you kind of reevaluate everything when you can't hear from someone for that many days. And yep. After that one, I told Cameron, I'm like, it's time for you to take a desk job, dude. I can't. <laughs> I can't go through another one because I mean, we had gone through the Valley fire, the Rocky fire, the Jerusalem fire that, you know, all of the things and probably Damien did too, because they were very close to where you guys live and that's an OES thing. And, you know, so it's like, I can't take another season of this. Like yeah. seriously. Yep. Yep. So he ended up after that, he went back to, so his limited term position Ex, um, expired and so he ended up back in the command center as a communications operator for a little while until they put him back and he was at the air base in Ukiah and that was like the biggest relief of my lifetime <laughs> like thank god you're sitting very safely at an air base in a dispatch tower like <laughs> we're good <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So after that, after that, that, that little, that little reprieve, I was like, okay, so when you promote the next time I'm thinking maybe command center, like, cause I don't know. I don't know if I can do operation anymore. Like, I don't think my nerves can take it. I, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that despite how much Damien loads being on the desk, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it made me sane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I hate to say I, I don't look forward to him going back to the line in January, but it's just a fact. He can't be on the desk forever. I mean, he, he can, but he's not ready to be on the desk. Forever. No, I don't, I don't know how Cameron really feels about it either. Like I know we've talked about it a few times and I think he's like, has really mixed feelings about, you know, whether he really wants to, stay or go yeah um so i'm not i'm not sure i don't know what's it's, happening i was like i would i would love it if you never went back operational like I know. i'm not even gonna lie seriously <laughs> it's terrible i know so it's it's one of those things where it's like okay it's been 12 years almost 13 years you let somebody else do it we're fine okay <laughs> You've done it. I tell Cameron that all the time. There's 50 more just like you somewhere. Like somebody will take care of it. Exactly. I know it's bad, so, but it's that's, somebody else will take care of it. You don't. You don't need to. We're jaded, yeah. but I'm sure. Just like Jamie and Cameron. Not yet. After the tub's fire, I was like, no more. Yeah, but they're those boys. I mean, it is not just the boys. There's plenty of women out there too that want to be in the thick of it. Love doing all the dirty work. And, you know, they live for it. So, yeah. I mean, I, I totally would be supportive of him going back because I know it's what he loves to do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, I have to be realistic about how, how I would handle it too, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it's funny because yeah, Damien and I have been talking about, they have their um, uh, station bids for next year. They just had him this week. And so he's he's going to go back down to a really busy station in January. And I told him the other day, I'm like, we have to have a conversation about this because this is totally going to change the dynamic in the house just because this station, he doesn't, they don't get a lot of sleep. They run a ton of calls. Um, it, they're the busiest station. So he was like, okay, well, I really want to, you know, go downtown and I don't care where you go, but we have to talk about it because it's going to be a process and it's not going to be pleasant at times because it's chaotic and we're not used to chaos anymore. So, I mean, we are, but a different kind of chaos, I guess, right? This is going to be a constant chaos. <laughs> Just like It oh. is. Isn't 2020 chaos in general? Like, don't we... No, isn't Honestly. it just, isn't that what 2020 is chaos? <laughs> Honestly. Oh my gosh. I mean, after 2020, everything should be easy, right? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. I don't think I can. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel that like I, I, I do. I feel that I feel like that's going to really change things for the kids. Like that, uh, that's always my main concern. Like I can handle pretty much anything, but what are, what are our kids going to do? How are they going to feel about dad being, you know, gone all the time again and yeah. having, you know, to, they, they worry just as much as I do, even though I try not to like 
tell them much so that they don't worry. They still know. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they know where he works and what he does for a living. So it's not like they're exempt from feelings, you know? Yep. But that changes a lot of things for your kids and ha- have, do they know that he's planning that? Or is, are they, how are they feeling about it? To be honest with you, we haven't talked to them about it yet. Um, that was part of my conversation with him was we have to talk to the kids about it and we have to sit down and, and have a family meeting because it's going to be completely different. I mean, not to mention the fact that, you know, we're used to him having dinner with us every night. He's not going to do that anymore because he's going to go back to his 48s on. Um, and, you know, we've gotten used to so much stuff over the last two years. He's home every weekend for the most part, unless he's taking an overtime. He's home on Fridays to help with, you know, school and when there's not a pandemic practice or whatever. And so it's, it's going to be totally different. Um, well, there's going to be that, that period of time and I need to like let him rest. And yep. it's really hard for kids to understand that. I think yep. um, that daddy just needs to rest right now. You need to like leave him alone kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's like a whole different, whole different ball game for you guys. Yeah. I mean, we're lucky because our kids are not babies anymore. So they are pretty self-sufficient and they are pretty understanding except for the 11 year old. Um, and they, they all need, you know, their own attention, and, but he's pretty good at um, knowing what, you know, what they need. And they're really good at paying attention. Like, Oh dad, you need a nap, dad. Like, <laughs> You're cranky. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess you have older kids. My kids are pretty, pretty self-sufficient and attentive now too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still think there's an aspect of them emotionally that it takes its toll after a while too, oh, yeah. you know? So mm-hmm. I'll be interested to hear how it evolves over time <laughs> as you guys get into the thick of that. <laughs> yeah. You, got, you guys will get might to be hear. in the same boat with you soon. So <laughs> You'll all get to hear how that plays out in real time starting in January. <laughs> Listeners, okay. <laughs> and you never know. I might, we might be, it might be playing out for me too. Who knows? So, yeah. yeah. Lots of changes coming up, right? Hopefully it's all for the best. And that means 2021 is going to be um, better. Fingers crossed. I don't see how it could be any worse at this point. <laughs> don't jinx it. <laughs> hide under my pillows i'm pretty sure everything has happened that could in 2020 i don't know the locusts never made it all the way here so we'll see yeah we had a sandstorm from the sahara though didn't we (laughs) we did we did have a sandstorm yeah and did you see that the other day the um the smoke from i think it was this the Mendocino Lightning Complex reached Europe. Yes. I was mind yeah. blown. Like, oh my but gosh. You have to realize that's a million acre fire yeah. at this point. Yeah. Just all by itself in, in like less than an hour away from where I live. Like, that's insane. That is insane. Absolutely insane. I'm like, Mendocino County, can you stop breaking records, please? Right. <laughs> and it's still burning, right? With this. This is the second one that's broken records in the last two years. Yeah. Because we had the Mendocino fire last year, right? During mm-hmm. the summer. 
in Mendocino National Forest. And then we had, we now have this one going on. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, I don't know. We were, ta- we were talking about it the other day. Damien and I were talking about it the other day. He said he's been on 15 strike teams in 12 years. So, so that's, that's more than one per year. Yep. And he doesn't really like, that's not a thing that he usually does, right? Nope. Yeah, no. I mean, that would that would be like amazing if that's all the Cal Fire guys were doing, right? Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. For a, for a city department, that's a lot. It is a lot. Well, they have an OES, so uh, that's Office yeah, of but Emergency even so, Services. Like, isn't, OES doesn't go out necessarily every single time, so... I mean, it seems like lately they have. Um, the last couple That's of years, I think they've gone out consecutively at least twice in the... <laughs> That's a whole That's a whole nother episode. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that. Here. Don't even get me ask. started. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's like I, need a, I, I need a union rep to come talk about that. <laughs> delete! Delete! <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. That's our like that's our own wife issue, right? <laughs> yeah, we have some issues with that, but yeah, um, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole topic. Oh discussion. my goodness, I know. That's a, there's a lot of um, yeah. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. We'll we'll, we'll yeah. Change we're it. not we're not going to get into politics on this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not today, kids. Mm-mm. No, no. Maybe tomorrow, but not today. <laughs> Maybe not on a recorded podcast, okay? <laughs> yeah. No, if you don't have anything nice to say about politics, come sit next to us off air. <laughs> off air. <laughs> off air. We'll be glad to talk your air off, but just don't record us, please, okay? You need witnesses. <laughs> oh, man. It's oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Honestly, you know. Well, you know, we're the no BS podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So are you guys, um, what are you doing in your county as far as COVID-19? Where are you guys um, our at? County, so we're, we just switched to um, red uh, to last week. So we have indoor dining at like 25% capacity now. Um, and they just opened the parks like on Friday, I think. So, uh, I mean, for us personally, uh, we're not doing too much. We went to an indoor wedding on Saturday and I felt like a rebel. Like I felt like I was doing something wrong, but it ended up being super small. We all wore our masks the whole time. Everybody socially distanced. It was very nice people. Um, even the bride and groom wore masks. And uh, it was nice. The windows were open. Mm-hmm. We got fresh air. It wasn't smoky, which was fantastic. And uh, um, and let's just talk about the dress for because it was freaking adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was a great, great, great find at Nordstrom Rack. Okay. <laughs> I was like, uh, that is the dress I've ever freaking seen, and um. <laughs> Yeah, I, told, I called Cameron that and I'm like, you're never going to believe. Audra went to a wedding and her freaking dress was so cute. Like, he's like, 
Thank why do you. I care about this? <laughs> He's like, what? So why are you calling me? Like, oh my God, I think I have to go inside. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> Apparently, I need some girlfriends. <laughs> I mean, I haven't worn a dress in six months. I literally have not worn heels in six months. Um, I did my hair. I put makeup on. I felt like a human being. It was magical, even wearing a mask for the entire time. Uh, but it it was so nice to feel like a human for, I mean, we didn't stay for very long because Damien had been working so much overtime last week he hadn't seen the kids in like four days so we went and he performed the little ceremony and we stayed for uh, a toast and then went home so he could hang out with the kids before he went back to work for more overtime on sunday and lord house no knows how long yeah so. I'm, i think he's coming home tonight that was the last thing he said so we'll see cross your fingers we have a, a cool down happening so i'm hoping that that really like helps us out a lot i know it's not it's only gonna rain on like the coastal areas um and then inland it's supposed to not but it's supposed to get significantly cooler yeah um so i'm hoping that means that we're gonna like transition out of the crazy like crazy crazy time that we're in are you guys in red up there too no are you you purple we are still in purple okay um and we don't see ourselves coming out of that anytime soon um, because of the nature of the way our county is, we have a really condensed population in one area um, and a lot of low income and they're having a really hard time like communicating um, and getting people to really like understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're, we're probably not coming out of that tier for a while. Yeah. So I think the county next to us, um has been in purple for i mean a long time i don't think they're going to come out of it anytime soon either because their population sounds like you're super dense they have um a lot of low income i mean our county does too i was kind of surprised we went into red to be honest with you um because we have one city that is like the hub of all of our covid cases so like us, yeah. it's been interesting. Uh, yeah, we have um, one city where there's a major outbreak very early on. Mm-hmm. And the thing about our county is we have to be under seven cases per 1,000. And like, that could be one day yeah. worth of cases. And so, yeah, it's like where we live, there's only 56 cases since the beginning of March. Um, but two hours from not even two hours from us like an hour and 20 minutes from us there's you know 800 something cases so it's like because of the nature of how our county works it it i just don't yeah there's they're they're predicting it's going to be a long time before we come out yeah unless something happens and you know we just don't have covid anymore (laughs) magically goes away that's like so it's funny i at the beginning I started I was constantly like looking at the updates from the county and paying attention to our numbers and then by last month I was like you know what I don't even care anymore just let me know when I can eat inside I don't even know if I will but just let me know if I can okay (laughs) I'm just I'm so over whatever is happening I just I just I just don't even want to look anymore just like 
just like the fire apps. I just don't want to look anymore. I'm tired of it all. I just, I just want to, you know, I'm not going to say go back to normal because I don't know that normal was good for everybody, but, uh, not being confined to my house is, would be nice or not making the kids be confined to school behind a computer would be nice. I think for their sanity, that's just me. Yeah. I'm not, I'm like, I've got mixed feelings about our kids going back because it sounds like they're going to go back when we hit purple, but they're still going to be on their computers learning instead of like, yep. So I'm like, what's the point in going back? If all you're going to do is the same thing you were doing at home. Yeah. You still can't hang out with your friends. You still don't have a regular schedule. You're still on a computer. Like, why would, why, why would I send you back to that kind of an environment? That seems silly to me. Yeah. I have one that is just like, absolutely not. I'm not going back. Okay. No problem. The other one is like, when can I go back? Like, Well, her school is really small. So it's not a huge, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not a huge deal, but it's a lot easier for them to make small pods. Um, but you know, I don't know. I, I change my mind on a daily basis, probably on an hourly basis, because I, I, my comfort level changes drastically every ten minutes. I mean, I'm not uncomfortable with them going back to school. I'm just like, what's the point in going back to school if you're gonna just be doing the same thing you'd be doing at home? And now I have to get you dressed and make you a lunch and all this crap. Like, why, <laughs> why do all of that just for you to go do the same thing there that you'd be doing here? That makes yeah. no sense to me. Yeah, like no sense whatsoever. <laughs> so my uh, to me it's like we've worked really hard to keep them uh healthy for the last six months and i would like to keep it that way um we've been very good at our little social bubble isolating from my parents and isolating from damien's parents and i like to keep it that way so i don't know if it's Ben, it would be beneficial. Um, and I don't know if it would cause more anxiety in them. I think it would cause more anxiety in me and definitely in Damien because I don't know that he, I uh, just, I don't know. Ugh, just sounds awful. Yeah. No, I mean, we don't, we're not so worried about it. Like we're all really healthy. So I'm like, mm-hmm. we get it. We get it kind of thing. But I'm also like, I don't see our kids being real great with like sitting there in a mask for like two or three or four hours while they're at school. Um, and obviously like we mask up when we go out and all of the things, Yeah, but we haven't really like, like my parents at the very beginning of this thing were like, you spend so much time with us anyway. It doesn't really matter. Like if you're sick, we're sick. It's not going to be like, we're not going to isolate from you. Mm-hmm. So that was, that decision was made a very, very early on. Um, and his, but on the other hand, his, his mom is like the polar opposite of that. She's like, you know, I can't be getting sick and like, where have you been and who have you been with and all this stuff. Um, and his dad's the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've definitely been more isolating from them than from my parents. But, um, you know, I just feel like, at this point, I'm just going to live my life, you know? Like, yeah. No, I get it. I totally get <laughs> I'll wear it. wear a mask. I'll socially distance from the people I don't know. But <laughs> at some point, we have to, like, 
at some point we have to get back to life and go on with things. Yeah. I don't think COVID-19 will go away. I don't, I don't, for me, like, I think we're going to live with it forever. Just like we live with everything else, you know? I mean, look at, look at SARS, COVID-1. I mean, it's not, it hasn't gone away. No, none of them have, right? They're just, right? Yeah. People are still getting H1N1 and all of those things. And so for me, it's like, okay, so at what point do we say we have to, we have to move on from this style of living that we're in? We can't be isolated forever. Well, it does make me a little bit frustrated that our state is literally the only one, well, was, I guess, until last week that wasn't even allowing um, haircuts and those kinds of things. That was super, I mean, I, and not because like I'm desperate for a haircut, but because I feel awful for all of those salon owners and all of the beauticians that have been. Well, and for me, if the data was there to support that, it would be fine. But the data, the data wasn't there. I mean, we've, we've gone over this in our County so many times with our board of supervisors and different things, but like they looked at the data and people weren't getting COVID-19 from the hair salon. Yeah. Like in general. Um, And if you think about the way that you have your haircut, you're not facing that person that you're doing the haircut with. So everything that all of the aerosol is projecting the other direction. Mm -hmm. Um, So as long as it's a well-ventilated space, it makes sense that you wouldn't be getting COVID from there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, that was very frustrating, but I'm also pretty frustrated that our state is so restrictive too, because I feel like there's other states that are less restrictive than we are and they have less cases than we do. So, yep. <laughs> like what is, where, where's the supporting data for what we're doing right now in California? Yeah. yeah. Um, like why, why are our playgrounds still closed? Yeah. To me, that seems silly. Like, yeah. These kids, kids can wear a mask inside. and play on a swing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I have some, I have some serious issues with the way that we're handling it in general in California. Yeah. Um, it's a little frustrating for sure, but I'm not going to discount it because I have many family that are nurses and work yeah. for, you know, are big in the health field and, I don't know. I'm just glad I'm not the governor because I don't. <laughs> I don't want to be on that end. Okay. I'm not going to chime in on our governor. <laughs> right. Again. <laughs> Has nothing to do with him. It's just the, it's the, it's just odd to me that we're, we're so restrictive in California yet every other state in the country is like basically back to normal. I was just in Nevada last week mm-hmm. and People are wearing masks, but their restaurants are open. Their movie theaters are open. You know, like, I don't, it's like, okay, if this is happening here, why can't we do this in California? Like, right. you still wear masks and go out. Mm-hmm. Like, just as long as everybody wears a mask. And it didn't seem to be a problem there. I didn't see very many people without masks on. So it's become more acceptable and the norm to see that. And so for me, it's like, if we don't have that many anti-maskers anymore, why can't we just do it that way? I don't, I, I don't know. 
Yeah. I feel like if you can go to a grocery store, you can go inside pretty much any building. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you, cause you're in the wedding industry, I can't even imagine all these venues that can't have weddings. Um, yeah, there's some March that's going to happen on Sacramento this week about that. Oh boy. Um, yeah, there's a big, there's been a big movement where there's a coalition that's actually been sending, um, funeral flowers to the governor's office. Yikes. Saying rest in peace events and weddings. Mm-hmm. And it's been going on now for a month and a half, like every single day they receive some kind of funeral flower arrangement oh <laughs> from my. this coalition. And they are going, they are marching on the Capitol. Yeah. Um, huh. And there is a rather, there's a large, there's a large uh, lawsuit happening. Oh. Because for like, from the nature of my work, I can wear a mask and socially distance very easily with a camera. I don't need to be within six feet of my couple. Um, um, caterers can wear masks just like anybody in a restaurant industry. So why are they being restricted? Mm-hmm. Venues can limit the amount of people that are allowed to attend an event. Um, so for us as an industry, it's kind of like, so why are, why are you why are we being penalized? Why are we not being treated just like every other industry? And not only that, but we don't even have, so our industry doesn't even have any guidelines written. It's like they don't even, there's no expectation of our industry ever being part of those guidelines. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's not good. And as we know, California is like the event capital of the freaking world. So, I mean, fundraising events, you know, different like Coachella and Bottle Rock and all these big, you know, film festivals. And, you know, that's like, that's a good portion of how we make our money here in California. Uh, Yeah. And so what are we doing to our economy when we're not figuring out a way to make it work? You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <sighs> a little non-fire related, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a peek into Chelsea's personal life. Yeah. So I went from doing about 30 weddings a year to like this year, I think I've done like 10. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And this is usually my busy season where I would have a wedding every weekend. And I have like, I had like two this month. Wow. Oh God. I'm sorry. That's terrible. Yeah. Which is, I mean, for me, like, I'm not complaining. It's been nice to not have to be go, go, go like constantly. Mm So, you know, whatever, but I'm not your average. I'm not, I'm not really depending on that to pay my bills. Yeah. But there are, there are vendors that are, you know, and that to me is just tragic. Yeah. Their livelihood is, it's, it's, yeah, it's awful. It's. And don't even get me started about how all these brides and grooms feel like, can you imagine, I can't even imagine how, 
how that feels to be planning your wedding. And then all of a sudden, Oh, nope, sorry. You can't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the, the wedding on Saturday was supposed to be in April. Um, they postponed it obviously, but they also postponed their giant honeymoon. Uh, and it went from being a really big party to, you know, her, their family. And that was it. And yeah, it's like at some point, okay, we waited for six months. We're, we're just going to do it because we're tired of waiting. So we'll figure something out. And I mean, I think that's what a lot of people are doing. It's like, all right, we're, we want to get married. We're just not going to wait anymore. A lot of, so most of my clients come to Mendocino from somewhere else. Like I have Mm -hmm. a lot of destination clients. Mm -hmm. Um, And when this all started, it was like, okay, we're going to postpone it a month or two. And then as we got deeper in, they kept on getting phone calls and emails from the venues that they were trying to book or their caterers or whatever. And finally it was like, all right, we're going to reschedule for next year. And now I'm like, okay, but in a year, are we going to be rescheduling again? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so there's a lot of uncertainty going on. I do have some couples that decided just to do an elopement. So it was just the two of them. They came, we had an officiant, it was done. Um, But it's like, for me, I tell my clients, like, you need to do what's good for you. Um, Obviously don't have like your hundred person attended wedding but like if you need to elope let's get you let's get you married you know um and we'll make that we'll do that however we need to do that you know but Mm -hmm. I I know that there's it's very heartbreaking like you're planning this big event and it's it's everything you ever dreamed of and then you can't actually make it happen and I couldn't imagine I could not imagine I mean our wedding took you know, nine months to plan. If somebody said, just kidding, you can't have it. I would have lost my mind. I would have lost my mind. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Don't want that. Yeah. I, and I'm like the polar opposite of that. I let somebody else plan my wedding. So <laughs> I would have been like, fine, we're going to the courthouse. Bye. Like it would have, for me, it would have been like, whatever. I just want to marry this guy and get it over with. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't. I still like my heart breaks for, for these, these people that are, you know, they spent all this money too. It's not like you just plan a wedding and it's like, oh yeah, you know, I have all of the stuff that right? I have to, you know, decorations, linens, all the things people have to buy up to the point. So they spent all this money and now they have all this stuff and they can't do anything with it. Like yep. just, yeah. Can we talk about COVID for a second with the fires? Because I don't know. I don't know if we should talk about this. I don't know how they're being handled with the base camps. And maybe you know better than me. Maybe we shouldn't talk about it. I know (laughs) that they are doing temperature checks. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you've, there was a video circulating for a while that, so I don't know which agency put it out but it showed them having to walk through this screening tent. Yes. As they're walking camp um, and it's doing a temperature check as they walk in. So they're doing temperature checks. They're masking. I think they're socially distancing as much as possible. Um, I, I, I assume 
And the thing that's really funny to me is we haven't heard of any outbreaks in any base camps. And uh, I would think that I if have. you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know there was an agency that sent a strike team out that came back. Now, I don't know if it's been kind of verified that they did contract it on at base camp, but they came back and the whole crew had it. And one, one was um, pretty severe. I think he was hospitalized for a couple of days. Um, Recently? Yeah. Last and month. it just didn't make the news or were just well, pretending like it didn't happen? That was my concern was no one has said anything. And I don't even understand why this isn't being talked about. Um, and it was never brought up. I never saw anything about it. Mm -mm. Wow. Okay. But that was, uh, they were not Cal Fire. It was oh, that's a good. local agency. Mm -hmm. um, Cal Fire has a very strict masking policy, social distancing policy. I, I will attest to that. I have, I have had the fortunate experience of interacting with, um, so in June, I went to a memorial service um, in Santa Cruz for a colleague of Cameron's and um, very strict social distancing and masking went on there. And I was able to see that in practice. Mm -hmm. um, and they're doing a really good job of that. So I don't, and they actually had, locally, we had a Cal Fire outbreak um, pre prior to that. And so there's a statewide policy on it. So I don't know. Well, and Cal Fire guys sleep in hotels. They don't sleep at base camp. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, so they usually the OES and the agencies, they don't have it in their contract to sleep at hotels. So they usually are the ones sleeping at base camp. Um, or right, in their, so that would make that would make more sense to me if if there was an outbreak with an agency that wasn't Cal Fire because mm -hmm. they don't have the ability to social distance really. Yeah, I don't think. No, I know like for um the guys from Damien's department, they have been just sleeping on their engines because they're trying to stay as social distant as possible. Yeah, that's real That's real restful sleep right there. I know, I know. It's crazy. They're in the dirt, they're in their cots, you know, the typical. It's nothing new, you know. I think the only time Damien ever got good rest at base camp was in the sleep trailers and they don't have those right now which makes sense because that's gross. Um, but yeah, otherwise he was sleeping in the dirt or sleeping on his cot. They're just lucky their cots are small enough to fit in the engines. Yeah, that's yikes. Yeah, that's scary. I don't, I don't know how I would be handling that whole scenario. Like in the beginning um, of COVID, because we didn't know any better, like Cameron would come home, like even from just being in the command center, and I'd make him like strip down and go take a shower immediately when he got home. Yep, but then same. after a while, it was like, this is really stupid. He's working with like five other people and like nobody goes anywhere. Why? Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, um, so that kind of stopped. 
partway through, but I, I can't even imagine him coming home from base camp and like how I would feel about that. Like a whole nother completely different situation, you know? Yeah. The yuck factor is high. I mean, we don't, we don't let, I shouldn't say we don't let, but Damien doesn't ever wear any of his station gear inside the house. Yeah. He's neither does camera off in the garage. Yeah. I mean, and it's rare that oh, he, he doesn't even, it uh-uh, he doesn't even wear it home. <laughs> he leaves yeah. it at work. Yeah. For the most part, unless, unless Damien's done something on this side of the hill for some random reason, he doesn't bring his stuff home ever. It's just, it just, it stays at work or stays in his truck. Um, and yeah, Cameron, a, Cameron keeps everything in his locker. We don't, I don't. Yeah. Uniform, all of it. But like in the beginning, like you, he would come home and I'd be like, oh, you have to take a shower. You, you can't touch the kids. And then, you know, by the fifth month, it was like, can you just wash your hands? <laughs> oh, the fourth month for me, it was like, this is really freaking stupid because you don't even wear your clothes home that you wore at work. So like, what is this? Why are we doing this? Yeah. You know? But I'm and also, my thing is, mm-hmm. my thing is, if he has it, it doesn't matter if he takes a shower or not, because True. he's still breathing aerosol into my house. So, yeah, what's yeah. the point in that? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if we're gonna get it from from him being at work. We're gonna get it from him being at work. Yeah, that's true. There's nothing we're gonna do here at home. I mean, what am I, I'm not going to isolate him in a room by himself for four days while he's here. And then, you know, like, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? So, yeah. And I feel like, I feel like too, like the, they're the people who he works with are now an extension of our family because mm-hmm. that we're, you know, like, so I know like stations have been closed in certain areas of California where people can't go visit their spouses. And I'm like, why? Those people are basically your family anyway. Your your spouse is being exposed to them every day. And now, which exposes you by default. Mm-hmm. So you're mixing anyway. So this yeah. doesn't make any sense. And no amount of social distancing inside of, of, of a building is going to make any difference. Yeah. Well, so, we still have those rules up at uh, these stations. We're not allowed inside. We can come outside. Uh, and I think we can be in the app if the doors are open. Um, I mean, I don't know if everybody's following those rules still, but uh, we haven't been up there. But he's on the desk, so we don't we don't have to be, you know. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, we don't. I'm obviously not driving to Santa Cruz every day, so it's <laughs> <laughs> like a four and a half hour drive. Thank you very much. No, no, um, thank you. But. Uh, But still, I just feel like you're already being exposed to those people. You're basically part of their social bubble, bubble, whether you want to be or not. Mm -hmm. So it just, to me, it's kind of bizarre. Do you think if, do you think if you had babies still, we, it would be different? I, I keep trying to think if I was a brand new, you know, mom and our husbands did what they do. Would I be more vigilant? I don't know. I'm not sure. No, because my whole thing is like in order to build an immune system, you have to be exposed to germs. And so, I mean, I don't, I take COVID seriously because it's very serious. But on the other hand, I feel like 
what we're doing right now is depleting our immune systems. And so would I be concerned about depleting the immune system more if my child was just developing their immune system? Probably. I'd probably be trying to expose them to more germs. Um, I mean, all this masking and constantly cleaning things and washing our hands all the time. And I mean, it's, it is, it's depleting our immune systems really. Oh yeah. I mean, I not being exposed to other humans. I mean that that's how we build our immune systems. That is germs. So Hey, that's a whole other episode. We need a nutritionist up in here. (laughs) Oh, that's a good idea. God. I mean, (laughs) uh, we could talk about, honestly, I never, I have not bought into the Clorox wipe hype. I, we don't own Clorox wipes. I don't have bleach in the house uh, unless it's, uh, I literally, I only use it on the shower. Um, and that's very rare. And it's mostly because I can't get the grout clean anymore. So I have to use a bleach stick, <laughs> but I don't, we just don't, I don't use chemicals uh, in the house as much as possible just because I just don't. And I don't want my kids exposed to that kind of stuff. So uh, we use vinegar and water and that's, that's just, you're still here. So that's something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even like touching the shopping carts after they've sprayed them down. Cause I'm looking at it. Like, what did you just spray all over the shopping cart? And now I have to touch it with my hands. Like, I, yep. it's just, it's, I don't know. It's a little extreme for me. Um, but I, I just well, and the thing that bothers me about that is, didn't the CDC come out and say that you're not getting it from touch surfaces? So why are we still doing that? I don't know. I mean, the CDC changes their mind. Like, you know, we use toilet but that's paper. been. I mean, that's been since like April or May, and the oh, who really? came out saying the same thing. Yeah, that people are not contracting COVID nineteen from touch surfaces. Mm. They're contracting it from aerosol. So to me, it's like, why are we still doing all of that? Hmm. That's a good question. I do 15 know. minutes of sustained face-to-face contact. 15 minutes of sustained face-to-face contact. Well, Unmasked. This explains <laughs> so much about the last week in our um, news. <laughs> <laughs> right uh-huh so i don't know like I, i'm gonna i'm gonna give z dog like a big freaking shout out right now do you listen to him no okay so look him up his name's the dr z dog okay um he is a doctor in san francisco mm-hmm. and he has a podcast and an instagram live thing that he does and he talks a lot about COVID-19 and what's going on. And he brings on experts, epidemiologists, um, immunologists, like all these people. And he's like a no nonsense uh, in your face guy. Um, And I listen to him a lot and he's kind of been anti-mask like the whole, from the beginning, like he was anti-mask and then he's kind of changed his, his opinion of it. Hmm. Um, and he talked, he talked about the vaccine recently and he's talked about, he talks about herd immunity and all that stuff. So like, seriously, check him out. Okay. But, um, yeah, I, I listen to him a lot and that's, that's his whole thing. 15 minutes of sustained face-to-face contact with no mask. Okay. I'm going to totally switch subjects with you really quick. Cause I meant to ask you this yesterday and I spaced out. Um, 
and I think you and I have talked about this before, not on the show, but um, the this fire, the glass fire right now that's happening there. Well, and this has been happening for, I mean, probably the last couple of months, the brown bag lunches. You want to talk about this? <laughs> Let's talk about the brown bag lunches for a minute. What about them? <laughs> so, um, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know how to segue into this. It's been, I'm not going to say it's been bugging me. They, I get the whole purpose of the 5,000 calorie meal and, you know, limited resources right now because base camp's not the same as it was prior to COVID and cooking for that many people is difficult. And, you know, the fires are so crazy. They basically need to take food to go because they're not, a lot of them aren't even getting rest. Right. So they're just Mm -hmm. working and eating at the same time, but there's been, I feel like I've seen a lot more this year. Um, people taking it upon themselves to feed um, the first responders. Um, And I think it's cool. It kind of, to be honest with you, pisses me off that uh, they feel like they're responsible for it because I think it should be something that they don't have to do, but, uh, and I don't know how the agencies feel about it. And I, don't I know that they're not allowed to take it into base camp. Right. So, um, Cal fire is not allowed to accept that mm-hmm. because it is, it is a conflict. So it's like receiving, almost like receiving a bribe. Yeah. Um, so if I take your gift from you, mm-hmm. I may have some future obligation to you that I wouldn't have to anyone else, right? So sense. as a state agency, that's, that's, can, that's, that's a conflict of interest. Um, so they're not allowed to accept that stuff. Interesting. So there's been... So, but I don't know about any other agencies, how yeah. that, how that works. It's interesting. I'd love to find out more because, um, there's one, the one chick that we've been following on the glass fire, she'd been feeding probably 200 firefighters a day since it started. Um, but I know she's not taking the food to a base camp she's just meeting them in some random parking lot and somehow she's just facilitated it with the crews, I guess, to come down and they're not, um, they're not coming off the line. There's, they send one person down to pick up the food and bring it back to wherever they are. Really? Yeah. How is that working? So in the morning, I think it sounds like in the morning, some of them are coming down and getting food. Um, and then, but in oh, lunch, coming for briefing? I guess, see, I'm not, and I'm not sure. Um, I guess I should have asked her, but they, but then during lunch and dinner, they've sent, they've been sending just one, you know, a couple people down just to pick up, you know, 200 burritos and bring them back up to wherever. And she's not contracted with the, with the, 
Huh. Nope. She, she fundraised. I mean, I've seen this ha- Like, I don't understand how, I don't understand how it's happening because I, like, even when Guy Fieri goes and does his stuff, I don't understand how that all plays out either. Right. Unless he's actually contracted Mm-mm. at some point to do that or if he gets special permission because he's a celebrity, I don't know. He's got to get special permission, right? I feel like it's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how all that works. That would be an interesting conversation to have with someone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if have that convers- how does this work? <laughs> right. Can you please walk us through this brown bag situation? I mean, and it, it's, it was funny because the... I mean, on their 48, so they have their, their reset, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So after their 21 days, their 48-hour reset, whatever, or they have their 24 off, the fire line. Mm-hmm. So maybe during that 24 off, they can, Eat I don't whatever. know. I know. It's, it's really I mean, I know they can go to a restaurant. Like, they can, as a crew, they can go sit in a restaurant and have a meal. But so, uh, maybe right now you can't because of COVID? Can they not go... Are they just getting everything to go, maybe? I have absolutely no idea. Because, yeah. I mean, the camera's not operational right now, so I have no idea. See, it's, I, and I don't know um, from the crews that have been out. It sounds to me like they, uh, they've just been eating everything. They just get everything to go. Um, because, I mean, you can't sit. In, I don't think you can sit in a restaurant up there right now. Santa Rosa. No, Sonoma County there. actually. <laughs> Sonoma County is the fifth highest COVID-19 in the state that's right. highest that's right yeah so yeah they definitely don't have any indoor dining but no, in, on in napa they they do because they're in they've had indoor dining for quite some time now which is hilarious to me because they're literally just over a little hill but whatever um, <laughs> just over a little hill geography <laughs> a okay. little hill that's on fire by the way it's fine oh, man. uh but <laughs> so, so the other day, she, the woman that I've been following, um, she posted a picture of everything that was in the brown bag. And I was mind blown. Oh, you didn't know it was in the little brown bag? I mean, Damien has t- told me about it a few times. But uh, when I actually saw a visual of it, I was like, wait a minute. That's not what you're, you're not feeding them that. Are oh, yeah, you? they're feeding them crap. Oh my God. That, that brown bag is crap. Yeah. I mean, beyond crap. Like I don't even feed my kids that stuff. I, I, it hurt my little mom brain a little bit. That whole bag, like that whole bag just comes home. Yeah. Like they might, they might eat the burrito in it. They'll probably drink the coffee. Like they have the instant coffee in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they eat the but that whole, that whole bag just like, besides the, the actual like sandwich or burrito or whatever whole thing comes home like we have a drawer in our house that literally cameron will bring those those brown bags home and just dump all of that crap into the drawer and i'm like this is what you're supposed to eat like it reminded me of like um all the halloween candy you don't want (laughs) right (laughs) i mean the jerky's good i keep i love it when he brings the jerky home but um yeah, everything else. I'm like, why? It's so yucky. <laughs> how is this? How is this fuel for you to go fight a fire? Like, yeah, I don't get it. 
It's so I'm um, really hoping that that burrito or whatever else is in that bag is some kind of like healthy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the one thing that doesn't have sugar in it. So I guess it's, it's better, but Oh yeah. I was just mind, just completely mind blown by it. Okay, all right. Maybe we'll post a link to that picture in the show notes. People can see what we're talking about. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'll have to find it and see if I can <laughs> screenshot it. <laughs> <laughs> so funny it's so funny yeah but okay. i think i think in base camp if they actually eat a meal in base camp there's actually some pretty good vendors in base camp yeah i mean i've heard damien used to say that um the cooks knew i mean they, they cooked good food he was always you know thrilled to not be eating in a crust hole i think Incredible, yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, we we went through a period of time where our our oldest would eat uncrustables for lunch at school, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you can freeze them, right? So you put them in the freezer, and then you take them out, and they go to school, and they eat it, right? Yeah. By the time lunch hits, it's un it's un it's, it's thawed out. Perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. I love uncrustables, but nobody's eating uncrustables on the fire line. <laughs> they shouldn't. They shouldn't Bloody. be. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a good choice. Okay. It's not make it's good not choices, boys. Protein, guys. I, I don't know. I hate to bear, be the bearer of bad news, but that peanut butter that is in there is not actual protein. <laughs> <laughs> don't even get me started. Oh my goodness. We, yeah, we definitely need to get a nutritionist on and, and, and talk about all the good stuff they should be eating rather than. We should have a uh, stay fit for duty back on for that. Oh yeah. I think Dr. Christie talked about it a little bit too, right? Not, no, maybe not, not, not as much as I thought. I take that back. Just reverse. Uh, Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. Bad food, big fires, (laughs) COVID-19. That's all. That's like the whole, that's the whole story (laughs) of 2020. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) pretty much i don't know what else to say because we're all kind of spun out right now yeah california just really could use a a break we could technically like seriously i'm i'm ready for big old freaking rainstorms i know i hope it rains up there i mean it'd be nice for it i don't think it's not supposed to rain down here at all but it'll be so nice if it if it could just time. rain over the Mendocino lightning complex. Yeah. And maybe the glass fire a little bit. Yeah. It would be helpful. But it was, I, I read this morning, it's 50% contained. So that's. The glass fires? Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. I literally haven't been paying attention anymore because I just. Yeah. So I'm feeling pretty confident that that's pretty much done. Oh, that's good. If we got a little bit of rain, it would just make it faster, you know? Yeah, it would be helpful. I mean, it's October for God's sake. Of course, I guess. Yeah, don't jinx us, please. You you do remember a few years ago when we went into like the end of December? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, I take it back. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. (laughs) Don't be getting me started. Fire gods. I do not want to have to buy my husband another Christmas card that says, what are you doing here? (laughs) You don't belong here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Was that the same year as Tubbs? 
Or yes. Was the year after it was the same year. It was the Tubbs and the Thomas. Yes. Oh, got my. off the Tubbs and then they went to the Thomas. Yes. Oh my gosh. I remember. I think that was, yeah. That, that was, was my yet factor. Remember? <laughs> that year was absolute just. Oh we went from one trauma to the next that year. Yeah. Yeah. Too much. Way, way too much. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then it just seemed like after that, it just kept on getting worse. Um, yeah. hundred percent. Hopefully it'll stop pretty soon. I I don't know. It's looking pretty foggy and cold in our neck of the woods, but that's pretty normal for this time of year. Not here. Yesterday, I think it was still 95. Ew. Mm-hmm. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 56 yesterday in Fort Bragg. No. I, I Like for the first time in... God, I don't even know how long since since April. I had to like put on a sweatshirt. What? Outside. Yeah. No, I made the mistake of putting pants on yesterday, and then we went outside, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's so hot! I gotta get out." You guys are having a little bit of a heat wave, though. Yeah. Cool down's coming. Cool down's supposed to happen tomorrow. I think right. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to drop like 20 degrees tomorrow. Yay! Can't wait. Yeah. I'm already Excited. thinking about my All right. boots today. Okay, wrapping yeah. it up. <laughs> All right. So if you've enjoyed listening to our rambling <laughs> today. <laughs> it's fine. And you want to hear more, please check us out on iTunes and Spotify. And I think we're on Google now too, right? I think so. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google. Are we on Amazon? Amazon? Yeah. Amazon. Yeah. Um, you can find us at dearchiefs.com and that's a wrap. Peace out everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tune in weekly for the 25,000 foot view of loving a first responder. Audra and Chelsea over and out. <laughs>